This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening to season two. Today's guest is Don Showalter. Coach Showalter is the head coach and director of coach development for the youth and sports development portion of USA Basketball. We talked to him today about home life, his journey, being influential, not breaking promises to young people. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, glad to, glad to be on, and uh, thank you for all you do to you know help our game out. Uh, I think guys from all over the country, like yourself, that uh, really have a kind of a pulse on what's going on and helping out to uh, improve the game of basketball where you're at. You know, likewise, Coach. I, I know you've uh, you know as a high school coach coming up, uh, you've invested a lot of time and energy because as a high school coach. Uh, myself, uh, I know I know what all that entails, and sometimes the uh, the rewards don't come automatically, and the appreciation isn't always there immediately. Uh, but you definitely you you have a more I don't know a richer life, uh, just by virtue of the relationships you build and the time that you invest into these young people, and even to this day, you know, with Team USA and you building with those young men as well. So yeah, thank you for doing that as well. Cause uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of people who look to spend time uh, with young people and help kind of mold them in a sense and lead them and mentor them. So it really is a calling. So yeah, I appreciate you being on. So coach, I'm going to start off like I start yeah. off every episode in that. How were you introduced to the game of basketball? You know, uh, that's a good question. I think, you know, we all, all of us that are in basketball, uh, somebody's influenced us yeah. in, uh, you know, in our lives with, with the game. Um, so, I mean, at a young age, I just, I grew up on a farm uh, in Iowa, close to Iowa City. And um, my dad, my dad really didn't, and mom didn't push me into anything. I was just always kind of, that's what I love to do is go out and shoot baskets. And I had, I had baskets, uh, you know, and down, down in the corn crib, I had hoops in the, in the, uh, in our barns. I had hoops in the house. I had hoops on a light pole. Wow. Night. So, uh, it's just one of those things I love to do. And, yeah. um, you know, I, even at a, even at a really young age, five, six, seven years old, I think, um, I knew that I loved I loved the game. I lo- no, I loved all sports. Baseball, I played baseball and and uh, football later on, and ran track. But um, basketball is really really the game that I think um, really started me. You know, loving loving sports and specifically basketball. Um, the introduction to the game, I think, was just kind of. Um, it just kind of morphed from from my love for sports. Yeah, and uh, one of those things where if you love to do something, you know, then you you know, I keep saying if you, things you really love to do, you're mm-hmm. going to do and get better at. Yeah, for sure. Repetition, and and kind of the uh, the consistency of it all. Yeah, you're going to get good at it. Right. So, Coach, like your parents and all, you, you know, you said you had a hoop in, in all places in your in your house or outside your house. Uh, what, what, what did your parents think of that? Did they think, all right, well, something to kind of pass the time? Or were they supportive of that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we were busy on the farm with different chores we had to do and yeah. planting season, harvest season. We had, you know, we had cattle. I was in, in, in 4-H. Uh, so I had show cattle. We had we had pigs. Uh, yeah. You know, we had turkey. You know, we had all that. So uh, I think whenever I had some free time, 
I think that was uh, it certainly allowed me to do uh, what I wanted to do in my free time as far as, as athletics. And uh, like I said, my dad and mom never really pushed me into anything, but they always supported me. Yeah, and they were great supporters, uh, supporting what I would like to do. And you know, I, I, obviously, um, they thought they thought sports was really a good good way to keep me busy. And uh, I actually had four brothers as well. Wow. Um, I was the oldest, and uh, so my my next youngest brother was two years younger than I. So, you know, we did a lot of things together. We played ball together and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, so that was that was really fun growing up. And uh, my two youngest brothers, I didn't have as much contact with because they were they were born and they were about uh, fourteen, sixteen years younger than I was. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, I mean, mom, mom would always say, various times we got a little rough in the house playing basketball but uh yeah uh, it, you know, it was a great old farmhouse and uh, they, they pretty much allowed us to do what we wanted to do unless we unless we broke something or yeah or uh <laughs> hurt each other so it's good <laughs> yeah i can imagine coach this sounds like some real uh memorable times because you probably had to work super hard living on a farm uh there's there's a work ethic because the part of texas that i live in there's, uh, you know, there's people not very far from me that are, you know, living that lifestyle and have lived that lifestyle for generations. And, you know, when I hear about them just bailing hay, I'm like, wow, that sounds like a lot of work, uh, you know, to have, yeah. to have that experience over and over again, that work ethic that's developed, like you talked about, you know, repetition, getting better at something. Uh, I can imagine that surely sets you up for something great, you know, as far as a work ethic was concerned. So. That's great, Coach. I'm glad you shared that with us. So, what was your experience as a player, Coach? Um, well, I mean, early on, I was. Uh, we did. We had grade school. We had some grade school basketball, um, and that's kind of where I really fell in love with uh, with the game as far as actually playing it in a five on five, five on five way. Uh, my uh, my sixth grade. Coach, I remember. Uh, well, uh, he was—he really uh, was the one that probably made me love the game more than anything. Yeah. And so, I mean, like I said, if you love the game, you're gonna—you're gonna play the game. Not only during a practice session, but you're gonna get better at it outside of practice. So, yeah. Um, uh, so he's probably the, one of the biggest in, early influences. And I tell coaches all the time, I said, you know, somebody you look back. Uh, you're coaching because somebody had great influence on you. Yeah. And now I said, now it's your, you're, you're in a position to be a great influence on somebody else. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, that's a huge thing for, for young players to have a role model and, uh, and have that influence by somebody that's a coach in, in your life. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, just had it from there. Then, you know, I still play up through all through grade school and high school. Um, you know, at that time we didn't have, we didn't have outside club teams as such. Yeah. Um, camps were just starting to get big my, my last year in high school. So I attended a few camps, um, but then had a really good high school career, went to state tournament, uh, um, played for a, a really good high school coach that was, that I look back on, he was, he was beyond his time. I mean, he pressed and ran and nice. He, he did a lot of things the other coaches weren't weren't doing, or, or actually were maybe a little fearful to do. But uh, he he was really good in that way. I, I look back and think, man, he was kind of ahead of his time with everything he did. So a high school coach was a great influencer uh, as well. And I wanted to play at uh, Warburg College in Waverly. I will play for a, a coach who's a Hall of Fame coach, uh, Buzz Loving there. Yeah, Warburg at that time. It was an NAI school, so we played in Kansas City at the big NAI tournaments uh, in Kansas City. We had 32 teams and played games from like eight in the morning to midnight. And it was mm -hmm. quite an experience. So wow, uh, we were really we, we had some good teams there, um, and, and uh, enjoyed my time there. And then after uh, after that, I was I, I, I mean there was no I didn't have any aspirations of. I knew I was not good enough to play, you know, professional anywhere. Um, that really probably never entered my mind if I got a degree and then started the coaching right away. So 
lot of uh, lot of influences in in there with my college coach, high school coach, uh, sixth grade coach, uh, and you know we we as coaches all have that uh, ability to be influences in today's game. Yeah, you know we talk about this time and age, this day and age of influencer marketing stuff like that, but I think on the day to day with athletes at least coaches are the biggest influencers and one for one of two reasons because we're that model for them every day and there's sometimes there's sometimes in certain uh just by the numbers in certain places in certain spaces a lack of fatherhood and uh in that influence then of course they want playing time so yeah you know we we can really be a great influence on young people and i think coaches listening right now you don't ever forget that don't ever forget what you're doing yeah. when you're doing what you're doing like there's got to be the why exactly. and if that's not in your why you know insert it immediately uh because that's uh it's a huge task it's a huge responsibility but it's a huge joy and that's uh that's something you can't you can't buy that kind of stuff coach you know that you can't and so that's yeah i want uh, I, I just recently read an article that said that coaches will have a in, has has a chance the opportunity to influence um, more kids in one year, uh, more youth in one year than most people do in a lifetime. So sure. that's, yeah. that's pretty daunting when you think of the, that the aspect. Yeah, the gravity of that is can can crush you if you're not uh, if you're not doing it for the right reasons. And I think that's uh, yeah. definitely something that's sobering here again for a lot of coaches that are even listening right now to think about to contemplate to. To, you know, to be introspective, if you will, and say, hey, uh, wake up. You know, you're not just doing this for your own, you know, giggles and wiggles. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot to be done here. There's a lot yeah. of work to do. So, yeah, I appreciate you, you bringing that up, Coach, because I think that sometimes gets lost in the whole process. You know, we, we, we stress the process, the process to the kids, but what's our process as coaches and leaders and mentors? Uh, we got to look at our own process <laughs> and make sure we're staying on that yeah. track. So, Coach, you talk about, you know, those who've influenced you and, you know, since even sixth grade into your college days. Would you would you say that that ultimately was, was the reason why you went into the coaching profession? No question. Uh, I kind of knew I was going to be a coach probably since about sixth grade, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, that's how I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay in the game. Yeah. Um, so I kind of knew my path early, I think. Yeah. And I, and I, and um, my mom always says uh, that uh, bless her soul. She's still she's still kicking it uh, alive at 85, 86. And right. She's always, she's told me for years that uh, you know she just knew I would I would have the makeup to be to be a, a good a good coach. Uh, yeah. So uh, so I think people actually kind of knew uh, looked at me as being a, being a coach even at a very very young age. That's great, coach, because as you know, there's certain things that we do in our lives and we're thinking, do I just do it because I'm good at it or do I do it because I'm productive at it? Or, you know, there's all kinds of things that come into question yep. sometimes with what we're doing in our lives, the purpose, the goal, the goal, the why, all that again. So, like, I like what you're saying there. You know, people looked at you and they're like, yeah, this guy's going to be a coach. That's a, that's a great story because I don't uh, – I don't know if we do that for our young people now. I know I've had some former players where I think I've even told them, you know, you're going to be a coach one day. Like, you're okay at this game. <laughs> you're, you're you, at times you show flashes of goodness, but your yeah. your mindset, your leadership, your love for the game, learning the game, just shows you like, nah, man, you need to be on the coaching side of this thing. So that's really cool. That that's kind of empowering too. I think to to moving forward. So, Coach, with Team USA and, and how you're leading the, the youth development of that, uh, how do you build trust in both your staff, uh, like with Coach Jones and Coach Sherman and all them, and with the team in such a short period of time? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, you, you used one word that, that I think is probably the most important word, uh, and we call the standard. And that's that's the standard of trust. Yeah. Um, I think even with your own high school teams, and, and if you're even coaching a youth team, 
you know, you, you there's got to be a, a level of trust between coaches and players, yeah. coaches and other coaches. And, and uh, part of that comes with experience. I think part of that comes with longevity. Um, you know, after, you know, I coached high school basketball for 42 years um, with, with some with some pretty good success along the way. So I think that gives gives a little higher level of trust immediately. Yeah. But I think that trust has to grow. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always uh, tell coaches is if you make a promise to a player or a team, you, you'd better follow through. Yeah. You, if you don't, you have lost all that trust. And, yeah. and I'll just give you a really quick example of, of, of that. And, and it's a, it might, might not seem very important, but at the time I think it really it shows what trust does. But, you know, we have a, we had a free throw competition and, and at one point and players with the high school team and players love socks, new socks. Yeah. Uh, for some reason they, yeah. you know, the new Nike or yeah. the new Air Jordan socks, whatever. So yeah. I promised whoever won it would get a get a pair of socks. Well, after it was over, I didn't have the socks with me, so I, you know, told him I'll, I'll give it to him the next day, and you know, it slipped my mind and then socks. And so they built on for a little bit, and you know, uh, I, I find out, I find out, you know, I I better get him those because I promised him, and and you know, he trusted. He trusted me to follow through on what I had promised. Yeah. And um, so I'm very careful about making promises for one thing with, with individuals or with teams because those things develop trust and you had better follow through on it. Yeah. Um, and again, I think I think just your daily interaction with players and staff um, leads to a lot of trust. I mean, Coach Jones, I've known Coach Jones for since he started, since he was actually a player at Napa. Wow. But over the years, we have developed a great trust with each other. Uh, part of it is, I think, he, uh, I think uh, you know, he, he, as a young coach, he, he reached out. We were, uh, I was a little bit, uh, from the standpoint of being a mentor to a lot of coaches, but that develops a lot of trust as well. Yeah. And you bounce things off a mentor, and, you know, you talk about the game basketball and what's, what works for you and those things all develop trust between your staff. And then again, players, you develop a relationship with your players, uh, especially off the court as well as on the court. Yeah. So that develops a little bit of trust. You take time to find out, you know, uh, the, the family life, uh, um, just all kinds of stuff about them. That sort of develops a trust. So when you, when you do have to make some uh, corrections with them or when you do have to come down heavy a little bit on, on a player for something that uh, they did not kind of live up to, uh, which uh, you know, players do that <laughs> occasionally, yeah. as we all know. Yeah. But then you have to develop a relationship with them yeah. from a trust standpoint. And, that, and so I think that all goes into to building a trust. And, you know, with our USA team uh, coming in, and my first USA team was uh, 2009, uh, which I had the opportunity to coach for 10, 10 straight years. And, Obviously, that trust factor, the more success you have, I think, helps the trust factor out, too. But uh, I think it was just a, just a time, uh, you know, these elite these elite players sometimes are not as confident as you think they are. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not sure how good they match up with other elite players. Yeah. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to coach Jason Tatum and, and Jamari Parker and, and – uh, those guys, and, you know, they're all very, very skilled, and obviously they had great NBA careers and made a lot of money. But when they're 16 and 17 year old, you know, they're looking for some. They're looking for some uh, little amount of trust. Yeah. And the coach and that trust in their abilities, for one thing. Yeah. They are, you know, they can play at a very high level, and then and then have a trust that you're going to make them better. I think every player wants to get better, so if they see you really working hard to get them better, that, that trust that certainly goes up. That's a great point right there, Coach, because I think a lot of coaches don't know why they don't get the buy-in that they want. And if you're not – you want the player to give their all. So you need to give your all. You know, leave practice empty. Leave it all on the court for them uh, because that will get buy-in. And I like what you talked about, broken promises. I think sometimes, and even in the story you told, 
Uh, sometimes we make promises not, you know, not believing that we're not going to come through. We just, you know, life happens, things come up, and we forget. But to be cognizant and constantly vigilant about what we're saying also goes back to being the influencer. And then, you know, like you talked about building with your with your staff and your players. I think if you just generally give a hoot and you talk to them and you kind of pry at times to get to know more about them, that's when you'll get the buy-in as well because they know you care about the person. Yeah. You know, it's not about what they can do for you. It's about what can I do for you. And uh, that's just great. It's transformational coaching, uh, not just trans- not, not exactly. just a transaction. So that's great, Coach. So right now, the, yeah, the time yeah. – I'm sorry, Coach, but the time we're living in right now – you know, it's kind of weird, you know, with the whole virus and yep. social distancing and, you know, not being able to compete and just be out there. Uh, you know, given this new yeah. given this new normal coach that we're faced with, how can us as coaches maintain and grow relationships like you're talking about? Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's not easy. And, and first of all, you take some initiative because, you know, during these times where you can't really – see your kids or see players or see your assistant coaches. I mean, you have to, you have to take, you have to take some action. You can't, you know, you can't sit back and wait for somebody to contact you as a coach. I think you need to make uh, every effort to, to have a zoom call with your team or, or or call up individuals to see how they're doing or, or even check on their parents, you know, Hey, how are your parents doing? You know, a lot of kids, Parents may have lost a job during this time, and I think that that also brings a level of trust in, in that they they see in you. If you reach out, uh, I think too many times, you know, it's easy not to do that. It's easy yeah. just to kind of sit back and kind of say, uh, you know, we hope they're doing well. But I think when you show the initiative that hey, I want to call uh, my my, you know. One of my players who I know is struggling at home with uh, with no family, and make sure they're you know getting some food, and yeah. you know, maybe have to go. Maybe they go to the school and get food at, at lunch and for lunches, and you know just just to make that initiative, I think really shows uh, really shows that you want to continue that relationship with your players. If they if they have to absolutely don't hear from you during this time. Uh, it's going to be pretty hard to to you know develop that renewed relationship when when the whole thing gets over who knows how long because uh, they're going to see you as somebody who is who didn't really care about them when, yeah. when the chips were da- were down who didn't really make an effort to find out how they were doing when things weren't going so well yeah. um, so I think this is the time to really uh, develop those relationships with your players uh, and coaches uh, that, that see you as a leader. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're, if you're a good leader, you, you, know, you, you look, you look to help. So you, you know, a good leader is, is built with servitude. Yeah. So if you, if you're there to service each other and help each other, I uh, think you're showing your leadership as a coach, um, as opposed to not, not doing any of that stuff. So, yeah. um, very important, very important time here when you can't uh, see everybody face to face. Come up with a plan, have a plan of action, and then I think have a lot of issues in order to carry out that plan of action. It's important for a leader and coaches. You know, we're we're supposed to be leaders of our teams. Yeah, no, correct, coach. It's fantastic. I like what you're talking about leadership because sometimes just because you're put in a position and given some authority doesn't automatically make you a leader. And, uh, you know, we talked about influence. We talk about trust. We talk about building with these young people. Uh, majority of the young people, especially the ones you, you work with, they're headed somewhere. And, you know, they're not, yeah. not going to hesitate to look back and maybe put it out there one day that you weren't there for them and you weren't what, you, you weren't what everybody thought you were as a coach. And heaven forbid that ever happened, you know, that we're exposed that way if we're not doing the right things. I think that's the, the side of coaching that most of us, even as high school coaches, we don't really think about that. Maybe one day we're going to see a tweet or and something in the newspaper about a former player saying, yeah, that guy wasn't everything everybody thought he was or she was. 
And yeah. uh, man, heaven forbid, I think we should operate with kind of that, not that fear, but with that understanding that what if all this was made public, who you were and who you weren't, uh, you should be kind of, uh, you know, cognizant of that and aware and operate in those, in those, in the manner that's, you know, of service, like you said, to serve and to be there. It's just great stuff, coach. I love that about service because yeah. uh, that's just, it's just the truth. So coach, I, I, I bring up mental health a lot on this show because I'm just not sure where as a whole, you know, we're kind of being, uh, I don't know, proactive or, or we're just being reactive at times with mental health. And, you know, what are your thoughts on mental health as far as it relates to this, uh, this younger generation of players? Yeah. You know, that's, that's a big topic, you know, now, especially with some of the, some of the NBA players come out, Kevin Love, especially yeah. on mental health. And, and uh, I think that's a topic that, you know, first of all, a lot of us really don't have a grasp for. Yeah. Um, you know, we just don't have a, a, a big grasp for as, as coaches. I mean, that's, you know, I don't feel real comfortable uh, speaking on mental health to my team just from the standpoint that I don't know, I just don't know much about the mental health part to it. Okay. I think I've learned a lot. Uh, I try to be a student of that. And, and so um, I think, you know, mental health has comes from a lot of different avenues. It comes from, you know, um, well, what a player's, you know, what a player's going through at home has a lot to do with mental health. Sometimes at school and, and your practice session, uh, and, your, and basketball is a way to relieve uh, some of that uh, some of that negative negativism that they receive and, and yeah. negative mental health issues they have elsewhere, maybe at home or whatever. So they're really looking to you as a coach to give them some stability yeah. in their lives. You know, they know that when they come to practice, it's going to be here's what's going to be. You know, uh, so I think. Um, the longer I coached, I look back on some of the things that, that uh, some of our players have went through. I think they see you as a coach and, and, and your program as some someplace they can go to and have some real stability. Yeah, mental health is such a you can go uh, includes so many different things. Uh, you know, whether whether it includes you know, mental health and depression and, um, you know, just, I think social media has a lot to play with mental health. Correct. You yeah. know, uh, players read, read things on social media, uh, whether they're negative or positive, you know, then they, they have, I think it does, has a lot, a big toll on their mental health. Yeah. They're always reading, uh, things on social media that, kids say about them uh, or that players say about players. So I think we really caution our players to really, you know, to really take that, those comments made on social media. Yeah. You, you really just can't, you just can't read that all the time. It's kind of like, kind of like the news right now during <laughs> all this coronavirus. Yeah. Very you just can't, you just can't watch the news all day. No way. Come out of there with a good, good, good mental, mental, mental frame of mind. Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to kind of make sure that you, uh, you're, you establish yourself as, you know, uh, look at the facts and that's what you tell players, you know, you look, you look at the facts, what's actually going on and you go from there as opposed to, uh, your life is not determined by what somebody else thinks and what somebody else does. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what mental health is at a lot of points um, uh, you, you are as a person uh, you determine how you feel based on other on what other people say about you uh, that that can really affect your mental health so yeah a lot of different things on that it's a, that's a tough tough topic to mention but I think it's got to be addressed with, with the young kids because I think it is a huge topic yeah no coach I like what you're saying about how they're uh, processing information, how they're processing cr uh, criticism, praise, even uh, that they need to be gatekeepers of their eye and their ear gate, you know, and not let anything just tickle them pink and they think they're the 
greatest thing since sliced bread, nor do they need to hear anything negative and feel like they're not worthy. Uh, you know, so yeah, I appreciate you saying, you know, that there's still room for growth. I think all of us have room for growth in that, in that, uh, space. Uh, I, you know, yeah. and my hope is that we all consider it though, within the spaces that we work in, because even for us as coaches, we need to have a certain degree of healthy mental health. Uh, we need to kind of maintain who we are mentally, uh, because, you know, we've heard about competition at, you know, 90% of it is mental. I mean, 80%, whatever number you want to give right. to it, uh, it is the yeah. truth. And so we need to make sure we're, we're, we've got, we don't have to be experts on it, but we can lean on experts and we can lean on people who are, you know, really good in that space. So yeah, coach, I appreciate you kind of expounding on that as well, as far as the players and how they're processing things. So coach, for yourself, coach, you know, 42 years of coaching high school basketball and now your work with Team USA, uh, how important has your support system been throughout your career? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, support system growing up as a, as a player, we had good, strong family ties uh, as a player, and, and that was really uh, beneficial for the support system. You know, even though my dad was not, uh, he never pushed me into really you know, anything as such as basketball, but he, I always knew he was there. He attended the games. He loved, he made sure as a young elementary student, I got to baseball practices and, and basketball practices and those kind of things. So yeah. I think that was huge in the sports system. And then, you know, as you get older, you have family. And my wife has just been an unbelievable sports system to me. Great. Um, coaching. And uh, I, I think as coaches, uh, I don't want to expound too much on this, but as coaches, you really, uh, you know, the family life that you, you lead sometimes takes a backseat to, to coaching. Yeah. And uh, and there's no question that that it does. Yeah. And I think uh, how how that's handled, I think I certainly evolved uh, as the years went on. I really, I really did things like, you know, and, didn't bring things home with me near as much. Uh, uh, you know, I I always watch film after kids went to bed, those kind of things. So, yeah. uh, so I think you know the, the support system you have is a family. You know, your your wife and uh, uh, has to be really strong, uh, or or you're going to suffer not only as a coach but as a as a father and as a as a dad and a, a husband as well. So, yeah. um, and then I think. You know, I look at kids who are, who are playing the game, and we look at our USA basketball kids, and um, their support systems are all—they're they're different. They're so different. Some some players have a, in my estimation, too large a circle of yeah. friends that they consider in their support system, and uh, uh, but I think the ones who really are the best at the end of the day have that family support system they don't they don't depend on uh, you know a buddy or an uncle or a cousin to be their support system they, they depend on on you know close family times I, I look at um, Jason Tatum was probably one of the best I mean he his mom and grandma and they were always on they went to with us on trips to USA basketball and so he had a really a, a tight-knit uh, support system there, um, and, and we see that a lot, in, in, especially the elite players. Everybody wants to be uh, part of their support system. Yeah, and when they have that too big, then it really gets them in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I think each of us have a support system, and we have to nurture that support system. Yeah. You know, we can't ignore. Uh, you know, we can't ignore our wife or our kids uh, for a long period of time. That's the truth. Based on basketball, and yeah. have to include them in a lot of things. And so, you know, like I said, my wife travels. She, she travels. She still travels with me uh, when she wants to, obviously, uh -huh. uh, to, to various places. So uh, that support system is, and I think that goes along a little bit with that mental health question as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. A good support system. We have a good deal. That mental health aspect is is improved because of your, um, because of that. Yeah, the fact that you have good support. 
Yeah, no, Coach, I appreciate you saying that, too, the kind of the correlation there. Uh, also, I would say, kind of leads me to my next question, you kind of touched on it, as far as sacrifices, you know, with your family and, and your time. Uh, what sacrifices as well with your family and, and your time and maybe some other opportunities have you sacrificed uh, to be where you're at today? Oh, boy. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not sure sacrifice is really a good term. Because uh, I don't think you, when I think you sacrifice, I, I think it's a, it's a situation where, you know, you, you put things that are more important at the front. So, right. so obviously, you know, my family was really important to me. Um, I turned down uh, some other jobs. I turned down some college jobs just because at the time, um, based on my family and where they were at in school and stuff, yeah. uh, son and a daughter grown now. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not sure I sacrificed that as much as, you know, I just made different priorities. Yeah. And, uh, and as you coach, I think, you know, you have to go back to, all right, what's, what's really important? You know, during this time of coronavirus, you, you have a chance to reflect, all right, what's, what's really important in what you do? Is, is getting, you know, is, is getting another 10 minutes of practice as important or is it leaving practice 10 minutes early to get to your daughter's dance suicidal? Wow. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Is, what are your priorities on this? That ten minutes, uh, the practice is not going to probably mean mean anything at all. Yeah. Uh, in, the whole, in the whole sequence of things, but getting your daughter's dance recital means means a ton. Yeah. And so I think the I think the I think the sacrifices are based on um, are are based on on the fact that you do have a, a coaching job. In other words, you know, I may sacrifice, uh, for instance, we may sacrifice summer vacation uh, to have my family go with me to a, to a camp. Yeah. I worked John Wooden's camps for 25 years wow. in California. So so that was part of our vacation. Yeah. So I, you know, I didn't sacrifice uh, vacation. We just, we just made it work. Yeah. Again, that goes back to support system and everything. So, yeah. um, I think some folks obviously do sacrifice uh, down the road. You may, you may sac, you may sacrifice. If you don't nurture the relationships, you're going to sacrifice a possible marriage. You're going to sacrifice uh, your, you know, your kids being uh, knowing you as a dad. And, uh, so, those are all things I think are really, really important for coaches to to understand and. And, and uh, uh, where they want to, you know, where they really want want to get to as far as what's important. Yeah. So, Coach, I would take, I I would reword it, I guess, as well. Like uh, Kevin Eastman, he talks about the investments that some that sacrifices yeah. are investments, and I think, uh, you know, I've been doing been coaching for twenty five years, and you know, my mindset is about, and at times with my wife too, has been about this is an investment. I know this is not paying great. I know this may not pay off today or tomorrow and may not benefit our children right now, but I just, you know, kind of you reap what you sow kind of mentality I've had uh, through the years and that if I help somebody else's child who's not my own and I give them my all, then maybe one day somebody will do that in turn and pay it forward in a sense. And so, uh, yeah, investments rather than sacrifices. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, I think that's, I think we may, we may return that question. But, uh, but yeah, Coach, I appreciate you here again kind of helping coaches, too, to understand, yeah, there are some sacrifices you may have to make, and are you willing to make them? Because that's kind of the yeah. the telltale sign of whether you're really meant to do this or not. Uh, so, Coach, about yourself, because I think here again, mental health, who we are, self-awareness, uh, kind of here again, understanding why we do what we do, uh, in the process, you know, here again, 42 years coaching, uh, you know, high school basketball, and you get to learn a lot about a lot of different young people, USA basketball. You get to learn about a lot of different eclectic young men as well. Uh, what have you learned about yourself, coach, throughout your career? 
Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question. I think, as, you know, we as coaches, you know, during our during our careers, we always have to continue to learn about ourselves and grow. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I tell coaches that I think sometimes young coaches just get the whole wrong idea of of how to get you know how to how to advance in the coaching profession and uh, uh, you know what they have to do to to get to the next level, so to speak. If that is the next level, sometimes. Sometimes I always be careful what you wish for because that <laughs> that next level may not be exactly what you want. Yeah, uh, even though you think. Um, but but I, I think um, a lot of things you learn about yourself is, is comes from experience of coaching. Um, you know, I, I think um, over the years, you know, some of the, some of the things I've really learned about myself was was the fact that uh, to be to be more relationship minded. Yeah. Um, when I was a young coach, I didn't I didn't understand how important that was. Yeah. Um, but I think that you know that, that's something I learned over over the course of many years. Is, is I need that's that's an area I improved on more so I think than I learned about myself. But uh, sometimes you know during. During games, uh, I think we get all caught up in the heat of battle. There are times we do things that we don't really like about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we may be, you know, we may yell and scream at the official. We may, we may have a run-in with a player, um, whatever. We, you know, those are things. Even I, I, I know Coach Wooden for as many ten national championships he won. I know he didn't have. He learned a lot of things about himself during his career from his players. Yeah, I think we can learn a lot from our players. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, some of the main things I've learned, you know, patience. I've learned that tremendously through, through my players. Uh, so I think if we're open uh, to really listen to your players, I think you can you can learn a lot about yourself um, from that standpoint. So I've always I've always felt that was one of the one of probably one of the things that I, I managed to do very well is is really listen to my players and uh, take it to heart when they when they say that. And part of that comes from relationships because then they, they feel you feel that they can tell you honestly what happens if, if uh, you know players upset because of the, of the decision. Uh, they they can come to you with it as opposed to go home and and uh, complain to their parents all the time or their buddies. Yeah. Uh, they can come and complain. They can come and let you know about it, and then uh, you know you can you can have that conversation with them. So I think, uh, kind of in a nutshell, uh, I've learned to be more patient, develop really good relationships with players uh, as best I can. Uh, I think I've, I've learned to be who I am. I'm not, I don't want to try and be somebody I'm not. Yeah. And I, I tell young coaches that a lot. So, you know, when you when you maybe get that assistant college job that you're really looking after, remember two things, where you came from, and be, be a normal human being. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see too many guys that, yeah. that are now, you know, they don't have time for uh, a high school coach because they're, they're at the next level. Or, wow. you know, they're, they're not going to give you uh, much time a day. And I'm just thinking, you know, be a normal guy. Just be a normal person. Yeah. Uh, uh, I go back to Coach Coach Wood. You know, he was he was just a normal person. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, after ten national championships, he could have been uh, he could have been somebody who absolutely you know who, 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 who's not going to uh, be somebody who 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 had who had to do things he did, but he did it because uh, you know, because that's who he was. So, yeah. Just be a normal person. <laughs> yeah, no, don't 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 act like a robot, or you know that your head's, yep. your head's so big you can't fit through the door, as they say. Yep. Uh, you know, talking about Coach Wooden, uh, Coach, uh, I read that you know his book, A Lifetime of Observations and Reflections on and Off the Court, and that kind of changed my yep. paradigm about how to lead. Uh, you know, I thought, okay, X's and O's, yeah, 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 make sure my 
my players know when I come into the gym, it's, it's, it's business. And uh, I read that right. book and it was more about nurturing in a sense. It was more about understanding yeah. who each player is as an individual and that you're not just coaching that player for that time, you're coaching them for the future. And those, yeah. those type, you know, his humble beginnings got to me as well. Cause I'm thinking, here's this, here's this guy who just, you know, not, not came from nothing, but came from such, you know, humble beginnings that who, who are any of us to think that we just had this great jump start in life that we could outdo coach Wood? And I mean, come on now, you know, it's like, it puts you in your place when you read, you know, stuff about people like coach Wooden and how humble he was and how down to earth and how Midwestern he was. I mean, that's, that's solid stuff. So yeah, I appreciate you bringing him up because I hadn't talked about coach Wooden in a while on the podcast and I have such a, a, a deep sense of uh, just appreciation for what he left behind his legacy. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of leads me to my next question, coach, because I, 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 I ask every coach this question, even though they're young, even though they've been coaching for a thousand years, uh, however, wherever they're at in their career. But because I think about beginning with the end in mind sometimes, like, how do I want to do this? How do I want to, you know, here again, as we've been talking about, conduct ourselves with these young people? How do we want to impact their lives and influence their lives? And so, Coach, I would ask you, Coach, what would you want your legacy to be and what would you want people to say about you, that is, too, when it's all said and done? Yeah, you know, that's, uh, again, you know, you're asking tough questions here, I think. But they're <laughs> all good questions for coaches to consider. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, basically legacy is, is kind of what you, what people, um, how people view you yeah. after you're all, after it's, you're all said and done with um, coaching and stuff. Um, kind of legacy is what you know. What, what would you What would you want on your tombstone? Yeah. In your yeah. You pass in this world and left a left a mark in this world. Yeah. Um, you know, legacy is uh, those are things that uh, you, you as young coaches you don't think about much, but I think as young coaches you you just need. To, Take that word legacy and put it on the top of a notebook piece of paper in your book and write something down how you would like to be remembered. Yeah. And if you look at that every day, I think it would really help. Um, you know, I've done this throughout my career. It really, it really helps you keep things in perspective for one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's legacy. You know, and, and and I thank the good Lord for having for allowing me to have a lot of success coaching at the high school level in USA basketball. But what's the true legacy? It's not going to be the trophies that you really get or the coach of the year things you get. Legacy is much deeper than that. Those are all superficial uh, things that you that you I think that you you get because of. Uh, how the how, because of your legacy. So I mean, I think for all the success that uh, that I've happened to have, uh, I, I think a lot of that was due to, to um, more than just being a coach who cared about basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, that, that that certainly part deals with your legacy. You know, your relationships. I would say people don't really. You know they don't they don't really care, you know how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, right. And on. So you you want to one of my legacies would be a person who people look at as a caring individual, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be in this tough times we're going through right now, or you know you reach out to somebody who needs help, whether you you know uh, you call somebody up need need to hear a conversation. Those are those are things that are caring, and you—that's uh, one thing I hope is I leave a leg legacy of a caring individual. And then, and then, secondly, as a family member, I mean, I—I'm really, uh, I really feel that uh, one one of the things that we try and teach our players, especially uh, when I was at City High, as well as 
as our uh, as our elite players. You know, the, basketball is only just a touch of the iceberg of what you really should do. If you can be, you know, you can be a good dad as you grow up, a good husband, a good father. Those kind of things are 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 leave leave a legacy with you. And, and, and so many kids come from you know one parent homes or no parent homes or have a terrible home life, and, and they don't understand what it is to be a good good dad or you know because their dad was not good to them or or uh, being somebody who who knows how to leave a good legacy. So we actually, I mean, we spend a lot of time on talking about what what are you going to leave uh, when you leave the game of basketball or when you when you're when you leave this earth, what what kind of legacy do you leave uh, to the people that, that you come in contact with? So that's kind of a long answer for a no, that's... not not too not not an easy question. I mean, we all have we all have hopes and hopes that we leave good legacies, and I think you know you kind of have to write those down. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Yeah, Coach, I appreciate your time so much. It's been great. Uh, I thank you so much for making the time uh, and just yeah. working, contributing. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Like I said, uh, I, I love to speak on, on podcasts. I've had the opportunity to do that quite often. And I, I love to do it. You know, I, I just I think I, I look back on my metrics yeah. when I was coaching and how much influence they had on me and how much I really wanted to, to uh learn from them so i hope uh, i'm kind of at the other end now so i hope i can leave something for the coaches to think about and and become better coaches but more important better people because of the, because of their, their coaching abilities coach i guarantee you they're doing that uh believe me you're doing that i've talked to enough coaches and believe me you're you're an influencer in the sport you're an influencer in the profession and uh your voice is being heard loud and clear Otherwise, I don't think I would have called you up and see if you could be on. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that. No, Coach, thank you.